I was born in the southern part of Iran, a city called Abadan. Born in a Muslim family, shared Muslim family. My grandfather was a Muslim leader, and he had 19 children. And uh, out of 19 children, he had 84 grandchildren. And obviously, he had to choose one to carry the spiritual uh, pattern of the life and the teachings for 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 the next generation. He asked, uh, he, uh, he had, uh, obviously there had been some things that, uh, some, some things had happened, some accidents that I should have been killed, but uh, every single time before uh, a danger was coming toward me, I saw the silhouette of a person that, that always was there, and I spoke of it openly to others. And my grandfather took that sign, obviously, that uh, there is the, the spiritual leaders of Islam are of, uh, looking over this, this boy and uh, protecting him. So he gave me very close attentions and he taught me all the things I knew about Islam. Uh, I joined uh, Hezbollah. Uh, I, I was in that army for about three years. Uh, I was studying Quran extensively then. My grandfather, actually I saw this seed in my heart that I should uh, share Islam with the poor misled Christians you know uh, that uh, have gone astray and obviously remind and be a spiritual leader to our family outside Iran. I traveled to Malaysia where I was caught with 30 illegal passports put in prison and so I started teaching Islam in, in the jail and uh, telling everybody uh, what they must do, what are their duties toward Allah. And so uh, I did this uh, routine uh, every day. I prayed obviously five times a day. Uh, Shiites do pray three times and they include the 17 rak'at in, in the uh, three times. but. Uh, what I did, when it, because I wanted to spend more time with, with God, I did it at five separate times. And then in the end of the evening, I would uh, pray extra prayers. I would have the habit of uh, reading through the Quran cover to cover uh, once every ten days. And I had gained the spiritual power out of Islam. In Quran, they have the agenda, the, the spiritual beings. And so, uh, speaking to them is not forbidden. In fact, there are stories of talking to them uh, that uh, Prophet Muhammad did. So I had been able to connect to that spiritual realm and uh, been able to acquire powers out of that. And so I was able to pray for people, especially when people, uh, someone hurt them or someone did something to them. They would come to me and they would ask me to set a prayer and immediately that person would get sick, have an accident, this kind of things, you know. Was able to close my eyes, uh, tell you what a person is doing in another room. And so this had made me more power hungry. And I wanted to gain more power. So I would spend and meditate more in the Quran. And so as I was doing that one night, I, I just uh, was meditating in the verses. And there are, ver uh, the, there are words in the Quran that are repeated continually, uh, repeatedly, but uh, they have no meanings. They are the secrets of Quran. And so when I was meditating on this, a spirit entered the room. 
and uh, it was much more powerful than I could handle or I could, I could overcome. And so I was filled with fear. And so I tried uh, using all the tools Islam had given me. In the name of Allah, I command you to leave, you know. Uh, Satan, I rebuke you, kind of things. And I used all those. And nothing uh, was, was helping. At that moment, I, I was totally desperate. And I felt like it is choking me, choking the life out of me. And I felt like I'm dying in that cell. And I just cried out to, uh, to the heavens and I said, God in Farsi, Khuda, help me. And immediately I heard a voice, just as clear as you hear my voice today, saying, bring the name of Jesus. And I, at that moment, I really seriously did not give it one second of thought. I just was, I feel like um, going back, I was drowning. And a man that is drowning, you throw a rope, they would never question you about the color of the rope. You just grab on. And so I did. I said, Jesus, if you are true, show me yourself. And to this day, I have no idea of this to go back. I'm thinking, why did you word it that way? Why didn't you just say, Jesus, help me? I don't know why. But that's the way it came out. And before I was finished with the sentence, everything was back to normal. Now that was not my conversion. That was the beginning of my confusion. Why would Jesus help a Muslim? Now I had done everything in my power to be a good Muslim. I had already uh, tried to go and uh, commit myself to, uh, in the way of Allah and be a martyr for him, you know, walking on the mines. And so the government of Iran is used to issue the, the people that are uh, fadai or the ones that are willing to, to give themselves, to sacrifice themselves, a special Quran that had the stamp of the government. That, uh, I had participated in the executions by hanging, you know, I had done everything that I thought I must do uh, against the infidels and anything and everything I must do to share Allah with others. Uh, so I, I, I knew that something is wrong and that was not because I doubted Allah or doubted Islam or anything. I fully believed and I didn't know what that is and it just confused me and so I tried to just forget about it you know but that question why would Jesus help a Muslim why would Jesus help a Muslim that would just keep coming at me I believe in Muhammad the last prophet I would think the, in the perfect religion why would Jesus come to help me and so uh, that uh, two weeks period I just got really confused and I said okay I'm going to pray and fast and ask God himself to show me the path obviously I thought at that moment and there are verses and, and things taught in the Quran that says uh, the ways of Allah are many and no matter what part and what part of the mountain you climb you always come to the same uh, mountain top and I thought Maybe that is what, what God is, you know, and then, no, maybe it is different for God. Maybe God has a specific way for me, and He wants me to follow that specific way. So, I thought, I will never find out unless I ask this question. So I did. I prayed and fasted, and from the bottom of my heart, with all my strength, I asked, 
God, what is it that you want me to do? What way is it that you want me to follow? And so for two weeks, I sat in one place and I prayed as many hours as I was awake and I fasted as many hours as I, I was awake and I would just fall asleep literally in that place. I would wake up and I would just pray again and again asking God, what is the way you want me? After two weeks to no avail, I had no answer. And I really got frustrated. I just thought, forget it, you know, what is this? I have no chance of finding out what he wants. I don't even know if God exists. And I have wasted all my life. Uh, I have been afraid all my life, you know, trying to do everything that would please Allah. And now he confuses me. If Allah is all great and he sees the heart, he knew in my heart I love him. And what matters if I call him whatever name I call him, he knows in my heart I love him. And if it does matter to him, I ask him for two weeks, I sat, prayed, and nothing happens. So, you know what, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go walk my own path. I'm going to do what pleases me. Obviously at that very moment I felt the power of God filled the room. Now in Islam, the greatest sin you can commit and you can never be forgiven for that is doubting God himself, doubting his teachings, doubting his prophet. And I had done that. And in Islam, they teach you that Allah never visits, God never visits human beings. I feel and I know against Islam I have committed the greatest sin that can never be forgiven. God's presence is in the room and I'm confronted immediately with His Holiness. All this is happening simultaneously. And I'm uh, confronted with His Holiness, which puts this weight of sin upon me. And I know, I know, that because He is just, He must kill me. He must wipe me off the face of the earth because I'm so full of sin. And I cried because I literally didn't want to die. But uh, I knew there is no chance. He was so holy and I was so wicked. So I just ran to the corner of the room and I held my head in my arms and I just cried out, God forgive me, God forgive me, God forgive me, God forgive me. And I just said, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And as I was crying and just saying, forgive me, I felt a touch on my shoulder saying, I forgive you. And the very instant those words were spoken, I physically felt forgiven. And I couldn't understand it. I said, wait a minute, we say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of God who is merciful and gracious. But we don't know if you are forgiven till the day of judgment. That is why there is not one single verse in the Quran that says Muhammad is in the heaven. He must wait like all people for the, the, the day of Qiyamah, the day of resurrection, and all shall be judged on that day. So, how is it that, who is this God that says I forgive you and I feel forgiven today? And I asked, I said, who are you? They can forgive me and I feel forgiven today. And says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
The moment I heard those words, I knew it's of a great importance, but I had absolutely no idea what that meant. I still had no clue who this God is. So I asked him, what is your name? Jesus Christ, the living God is. And the moment he spoke those words, it was as if every single bone was taken out of my body and I just fell on my face to the ground and I started weeping in the presence of God. I just wept. I still can't this. Eighteen years have gone by, but I still can't forget His love, His mercy. All the I can't forget what it is for me that day. And He just forgive you. I'm forgiven. I fell on my face. I just wept because for many years I had tried to please God, but that was it. nothing I've done was pleasing to God. Nothing I have done it wasn't even to break God that I had known. I felt so deceived because they told me this is God and He wasn't God. Told me, killing the way of Allah. But then, if God says love in the way of me, forgive in the way of me, and it was everything my heart existed for. Yes, this is the truth of God. God is about forgiveness, God is about love. So I wept for two hours. And I just stood at his feet and he just said, actually look up and the moment I looked up I saw this, it was like a TV screen of some sort. I, I just saw people from all different generations and all different na nationalities and backgrounds. And every single person I saw, I could see every single wrong thing they have done. And that overwhelmed me. I just cried, said, God, I live among all these peoples. All of them are sinners. And he says, Afshin, how easy did I forgive you? And I said, very easy. In Farsi, we say, as easy as drinking water. And then... Just moments after that, I said, no, 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 even easier than drinking water. He says, as easy as I have forgiven you, I can forgive them. Who is going to tell them? I said, send me He says, go. That's how I became a Christian. So I prayed, God, send me a Bible. Uh, in jail, somebody from some other section just walked up to me and gave me a book and says, this is what you asked for. And uh, he was an East Indian background and I spoke Urdu and Hindi uh, completely. So, uh, so when he gave it to me, I knew it is the Bible. I forgot to thank you, God. I said, God, I prayed last night and you gave it to me this morning. It is so wonderful. You answer, you are the mighty God that he's just spoken of. And you provide so quickly. That is the living word of God. I tell you this.
I share my testimony so people hear about this Almighty God. I don't expect anybody to become a Christian because of my testimony. My testimony is only good for me. I want people to understand this. This is the story of Almighty God that is all able and that is searching for all seeking hearts that loves all humanity with all his strength and power. If someone hears my testimony today, I really like them to just say, okay, God of heaven, the creator of everything, if this is true, I want that. And I assure you, I can guarantee you that mighty God that came and touched and changed my life and and totally forgive everything I have done and he made me sure that I can be in heaven with him he can assure them of the same assurance and he can let them taste of the same forgiveness and same love and that is who Jesus Christ is may glory be to him today and forevermore Amen My suggestion to a Muslim man or a woman is, I know they ask, is Jesus Christ God? Can a human being become God? Of course, never, no human being can become God. But, I believe even as a Muslim, in an almighty God, God, the great God, that can do anything and everything, but, can a God, this great God, become man? Can he show himself in the body of a man? Yes, he can. And so, as Christians, we do not say Jesus Christ is the son of a God because God had a child. No, no, no. But God showed himself in the body of Jesus Christ to all humanity. I dare anybody, if they ask Jesus Christ with the heart that is right, and God knows, we cannot test God, we cannot question God, but we can ask God. We can ask God with humble beings that we are, saying, God Almighty, I have a family member that is sick. I have someone that is, is really, really in need of a healing. I have questions. I have a broken heart. I, I, I am filled with, with depression and no doctors can help me. I have no hope. I feel like I am, I have no peace. If you ask, is there hope in Jesus for me? Is there healing in the name of Jesus for me? Is there healing for my family member? I mean, some kind of salvation from that depression? Ask in the name of Jesus. You will receive it because He is the Almighty God. You test. 
you will say. And that is who God is. I born uh, uh, to a Muslim, very fanatic Muslim family. My family was so huge and big. My, my uh, father married five times. And then the subtotal of my uh, brothers and sisters were 22 persons. And my father raised up as a Muslim. He taught us how to pray, how to read the Quran, how to recite it, how uh, to do Muslim duties. And he always accompanied us to uh, the mosque. And we pray at home, but most of the time we have to pray to in the mosque that was close to our home. Yes, I uh, can say I understood the Quran very well. I still understood also uh, the Hadith, the Sirahs, and all these things. Uh, it's very uh, essential for any Muslim to understand it and deal with. Uh, I remember that my father uh, held a meeting for us every Thursday just to explain more and more uh, from Sirah, Hadith, and Quran. And he asked us, examine us. He just want to make sure that we are in right, uh, right uh, track and right way. Uh, we fast Ramadan, and I was planning to go Hajj. Even I was very young in that time, but my father promised me to take me to Mecca to see those holy places. But he died before that. Uh, yes, I was. I have a lot of zeal and uh, was very uh, powerful. I have very powerful spirit in Islam. When I was in the high school in that time, I hear that there is uh, a Christian guy in the school. I reached him out. I want to preach him by my Quran. I asked him if he learned or heard or has any knowledge about Islam. He said, yes, I told him. After that, you still, even you know about Islam, you're still a Christian? That's shame on you. You have to follow now Muhammad and you have to read the Quran and start to be Muslim. He said, don't give me that stuff. I start to give him uh, uh, some uh, questions. He said, listen, I'm not expert in my religion or even your religion, but you can come and visit us. I visit his home. And his father was a very wonderful man, and he's a very well knowledgeable man. He showed me that he read the Quran. He has a copy, he has a copy from our uh, books, Sirahs, uh, Hadith, and even Quran. I astonished. I, I told him, and you stay in your Christianity, even you read these things? He said, why not? What would you like? This is the final book. This is the final revelation. This is the final prophet. He said, Miket, let me talk to you some, about something. He started telling me the story of the Christ. I really I couldn't understand what he's talking about. This was so high talking. But I came again to visit him. The visitation was great to me because I saw they living the gospel. Warm family, united family, very well communicated family. And this was, I'm lacking in my home. You know, five kids, uh, sorry, kids from five wives, that can't be easy to deal with, uh, with them. Uh, struggling, challenging, and you know, a lot of hate even between those uh, 
wives and their kids. I said, why? God, why didn't make me one of those people born in this family? I'm living now among a big mess here. Really after that, after visiting two, three months, something started to work in my heart. And lately I wake up, I said, what am I going to do? Nothing. But why I love those people? That's big wrong. That's big mistake. I shouldn't love Christian. I shouldn't love them at all because they are the enemy of my religion, enemy of my prophet and my customs. I start to pray deeply. I said, God, forgive me. I don't like those people. Take their love from my heart. Really, I couldn't resist their love. Did. I returned that back to them. I started to talk to them. And they told me, your language is different. Why you hate us? I don't, I don't hate you. But you better believe in my, what I believe. And the father smiled and said, why don't you believe in our belief? I said, because our is the final. That's it. I said, okay, I believe there is one real religion in this world. And that is Islam. And they told me, possibly Christianity also could be, right? I said, I'm not sure. They told me, pray. You can pray or ask God and let God himself work in your heart. Really, I took this to the mosque. This was evening prayer. I took their advices. I said, okay, I will pray and my God will uh, uh, lead me and direct me because I'm real Muslim. And he will say, you are Muslim, stay Muslim. But what's the front way? I start. I'm feeling now with doubt. I prayed and when I walked to my home, I felt something different in my heart. My Islam could be wrong. My book could be not a real book. At the night, I didn't sleep. I wrote the Quran. I said, is this God's words? Could be, could be not. I'm right, could be right, could be wrong. Then God helped me now. It took a few weeks struggling really was tough time and very he heaviness over my head and then I told this guy to give me your book he gave me the gospel I read it I said I can't believe this nothing real what they are talking about here names after names work of the Christ act of the Christ uh, teaching of the Christ where is God's laws where is God's commandments where is God's uh, Sharia or Sunnah nothing God told me in this time listen kid that's I hear it in my heart listen kid this is my book and this is my real one I read the book of Matthew I read the book of Mark and then start to read the New Testament because I start close close to Christ Christ has started to be revealed to me as a real and then I got to that moment, I was in the hospital, I saw Jesus Christ face to face. Before they inject me, I look at the uh, ceiling of the room, and I find this ceiling is taken away, and I'm flying in the space, and a huge being in my way, and he turned his hand before my sight, before my eyes, I, say, I saw a big scratch big hole and a lot of blood on his hand ah my god who is this i got confused is that the real christ or that's dream or some uh, hallucination 
Next day, the doctor came to me. He asked me, are you Christian or Muslim? I couldn't speak because it was my throat, uh, operation in my throat. I wrote on the paper, I am Muslim. He said, I thought you are Christian because I heard you talking something strange. I told him on my paper, I saw Jesus Isa Christ. He said, how do you know he is Isa? Because I saw blood on his hand. And what that means to you? This means cross. The act of Christ on the cross. Then this man suddenly collapsed. He hugged me and started to cry. He said, he is real, Isa ibn Maryam. He loves you. He revealed himself. That's real revelation from God to your heart. He brought me Bible. I read that Bible. And I started to get closer, closer, closer. And suddenly I said, what am I, what I'm going to do? I'll trash my Islam behind me. Oh my God, give me help. Give me strength. I want to take this uh, step firmly. But give me a real conviction now. That's happened. I went to my friend again. I told him, I want to be Christian. He said, why? He said, because Christ died for my sins. He said, who told you that? I told him, the Bible. The Bible. Paul told me that. And Jesus himself said he's going to be crucified on Golgotha, on the cross. He prayed with me. He said, okay, now the time. Open your heart. Accept the love of Christ. Accept the Holy Spirit. You already accept the truth. The truth will make a great uh, work in your heart. You are free now in Christ. I prayed with him. And we join hands. This man, his wife, and the kid that is my friend and his sister. It was really different than any moment else. I was confused, in pain, and full with hurt. I just want to we need to get rid of this situation. I said, God, God help me, help me, heal me, lead me out of these troubles. If you are there, if you are there, touch me, bless me, open my heart. And everybody get start to cry. I get the same situation, start to cry. I said, God, I know, I know you create me, you are my creator, but I want to know more about you. I want to get close. As those people, they have a lot of peace. A stable personality. Why not like them? Give me that. I know you are merciful. Have mercy upon me. And they start to pray for me. I got senses with their prayers. Said, oh, that's powerful prayer. I copied them. Said, God, you will be my father. Get me that. Let me get in. I want to just touch you. Thank you. And I stood silent for a while. I said, and something in my heart came out. God, thank you because I'm son now. Yes, I'm accepting the cross. I'm accepting Christ. I'm accepting the redemption of your begotten son. Thank you because you accept me in your home now. That's a great thing. I'm happy, I'm happy. I started to jump. They told me, but listen, we don't want any from our neighbors to hear what you are doing now. You're now kicking the walls. I said, I'm happy. Okay, good, good. Sit down now. You will get some cake now and some drinking and you will uh, put things in the right place. And I said, I don't need to eat anything. I don't want to uh, drink anything. I just want to praise him. 
Do you have many songs, many praises? I hear them before do this. They said, yeah. They brought a book. Oh, now I start to shout. Praise. They told me, okay, why? And when, we, when we look at you, we think you are Christian more than 10 years now. You're just born again just a few minutes. So that's the love of my God. He poured it in my heart. And that's the grace. Accepting me brought me from the darkness area, brought me from the enemy's lands, and he saved me now. I'm son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to you, my, my, my father, my Lord. I went home, my mother looked at me, said, she said, what happened to you? I said, what do you see? She said, you are so happy. Said, yeah. I'm happy, but I can't tell you. I can't tell you now. Since I know Christ and the freedom of the Spirit start to work in me, He put His righteousness in my heart, His goodness in my heart. I can tell you, since then, I feel heaven on earth. I'm walking in His steps. I'm following His direction. Where is Christ moved, walked, I'm moved and walking now. Yes, my heart was different than what I can uh, experience now. Full with evil, full with lust, full with the darkness. Yes, that's true. We're born this way because we came from Adam. But when we're born again, when God dwells by His Spirit in our hearts, life is different, views is different, thinking is different, direction are different, and that's make the things amazing. I love it because I'm free from legalism. I'm just living my true life that God designed for me. He designed a great life. He said, this is my love. I accept His love. This is my freedom. I accept His freedom. This is my strength. I accept my strength. I'm walking in that strength, love, and freedom. What else? What else? Nothing. I love you, Muslims, brothers. I love you. I want you just to share these joys, these great things God offered. Now, throw his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, don't be shaken when I say son of God. Okay, don't take it in that fleshly sense. You will understand that. When the Spirit comes to your heart, pray and let God explain these things to your heart. Don't take it this way as the Quran explained it. There's mistaken explanation there. But when I understood, it's a great, it's a great truth. A Muslim, we have our own explanation, our own views. Christianity to be understood through the eyes of Muslim, that's tough, very tough. Yes, we know that as a Muslim, former Muslim, I said there is no trinity. There's kafara, there's uh, infidel people, there is no cross, there is no even uh, redemption. Jesus is not divine, just and a prophet, and a prophet, just like another prophet. And even the Bible itself is not the real one because the real one has been taken away, taken from the earth, and God punished the Christian and the Jews. But He blessed the Muslim by the eternal Quran. That's our own views. But when you read the Bible and take away from this, take away from these things from your mind, be in a sincere moment. Just Ask God to open the hearts to let you know where's the truth, who is the truth, 
God gave me a good explanation, good senses. Even I tell this woman, I can't explain the Trinity, but I accept it. I can't convince you, but I accept it. I can't talk to you because it's not a theory to be explained, but this is a faith. I accept it by faith. Where this faith came? From the Word. The Word telling me so. I based my faith on the Word, the Gospel. And that's the real source for my faith. It's not my mind. It's not the theologian uh, explanation. No, it's the Bible. The Word come by hearing. The hearing come by Word. The Word is the source of our faith. I love the Bible because telling me the truth about God. When he talked to me about his son, Christ, I know where he came from. He came from above. And one who came from above should be above everything, above everybody, above every person. Jesus has equality, has nature. Nobody has it. Then I'm worshiping the true, the truth, the way, and the resurrection presented in Christ himself. Jesus loves everybody. He saved me, he can save you. He talked to me, yes, he can talk to you. Just open your heart, be sincere. Open your mind, read his Bible, read the real word. You'll find the real truth. The truth can set you free. Imagine um, being raised with a father who was a muazin, the one who went to the minaret and, and did the call to prayer. He's the one who melodiously called out Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, God is great, God is great, come to prayer, come to prayer. And so we would go to our mosque and uh, would be taught from the Quran. We would have our sort of madras, our Islamic school in which we would have our teachers who would teach us the verses of the Quran, the surahs. Um, and our father was, was not merely a leader within the mosque, he, he was one of the prominent leaders within the mosque. He was an architect of the mosque. Uh, in fact, there he built a mosque uh, for, as being an engineer himself and an architect. This is the family where we were raised. To, to me, God was, was wholly transcendent. He was separated. He, he was distant from me. And though he was gracious and though we believed he was loving, he was loving to those who did righteous deeds, chapter 2 of the Quran says. And therefore, there was, a, there was an intimate fear that was almost there for me because I could never know if Allah loved me. Uh, I could only do good things and hope that that verse would come true, that someday Allah would love me. And I still remember growing up Muslim, probably the most uh, vibrant uh, memory that I had. Our father, of course, used to take us to the mosque and, and uh, we would do the prayers. And of, of course, the men would be at the front and we would be there uh, with our father and then the women behind us. And um, one day I was sitting in, sitting in bed and, and realizing that every prayer I'd prayed, I had never received an answer. Uh, you know, as, as a Muslim, I expected to pray to God, but as a Muslim, I have never expected God to speak back to me. Uh, Islam is about memorizing the Quran and, and repeating those memorizations uh, in, in your prayer life. It's so ritualistic. And so I remember sitting there in my bed thinking, God, I want you to speak to me. I, I, don't, I don't want this to be merely regulation or ritual. But there was no answer. It was that deafening silence that, that garnered my attention, that really opened the door that here was I raised to be a devout Muslim from a man who was a leader in the mosque, whose family went to the mosque on a regular basis, 
who then said, you know, I need to be looking because there, there is no purpose in my life. There is a vast emptiness. And it was obvious to me that there was a chasm between myself and God. And Islam wasn't meeting any of those needs. That, that, that emptiness drew me towards questioning my whole tradition, my whole religion. Uh, but it was at that time that I started to truly engage and to consider what my faith meant and was it real, um, was it honest, was it something that would matter in eternity. I had to come to a conclusion that I was worshiping a false god with a false hope. Uh, I had to rest the conclusion, I had to either believe that Muhammad was a true prophet or that he was a false prophet. And it was that point that God opened up the doors so that uh, I could hear the rest of the story, I hear the other side of the story. God brought a Christian in my path and, and it wasn't a Christian who knew about Islam. He didn't know the surahs, he didn't know the five pillars of Islam or six essential beliefs of Islam. He, he really didn't even know how devout our family was in Islam. All he knew was Jesus Christ was the Son of God, Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, I was lost, I was a Muslim and I needed Jesus Christ not as a prophet but as my Savior. And it, it, the one thing that he had that Christians so desperately need today uh, was not a theology, it was, it was an attitude. It was an attitude of persistence. He knew that Jesus was the only way to heaven and if I did not call upon the name of the Lord I would never be saved and I would be eternally damned. And he would do anything to share that with me. And so he went to a local church in the area and uh, in, the, in that Baptist church, he invited me to revivals. I had no idea what that was. He invited me to uh, these afterglows, these events after church. I had no idea what that was. And, and after inviting my, myself and my two older brothers, within one year's time, all three of us took, him, uh, took up his invitation and went to that little church. And this little church was in a rural place, never ran more than 80 people. The, uh, the pastor... Uh, Clarence never had a Bible education. He had two days and he left and went to pastor. But that, that, that youth as well as my pastor had everything that was needed to lead me to faith in Christ. Uh, the pastor was bold in his preaching. He didn't beat around the bush. He didn't try to find the similarities between Islam and Christianity as if the similarities would, would uh, amalgamate into a good faith. He knew that Islam and Christianity were in apt distinction to each other. They were so in contrast to each other that either Christianity was true, Islam was true, or neither was true. But you could not conglomerate these two into one failed religion to accept both. And he knew... Uh, from his own experience that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven so he shared that he told me you cannot merely revere Jesus or uh, respect Jesus you either you either revere him or worship him or you reject him but to merely say he was a good teacher is not even an option who is Jesus and it wasn't merely a question that was propositional that question never said must be a personal question I had to ask who is Jesus to me because even if Jesus proved to be who he was factually, it would not make a difference in my soul and in eternity for myself unless I personally placed my faith in Jesus Christ. And literally though that youth worked on me for a full year, and when I finally accepted the invitation, I was ready. I had already considered those things for a few years. When I walked into the church in November of 1982, and I heard the preacher preach, 
There was no question in my mind who Jesus is, that he is the Son of God. And though that may seem difficult for a Muslim, because to me the highest and the most heinous sin Islam taught was if you partner anything or anyone with God. It's called shirk. It's the sin where you, when Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, he committed the highest sin that you could commit because he partnered someone, Jesus, with God. And yet when I walked into that church that night, I knew. Uh, I knew because faith has to precede fact. I knew that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I walked forward. And it wasn't an easy believism. It never can be for a Muslim. It is when you accept, you surrender. It is truth, that type of truth for every one of us. But when a Muslim comes to faith in Christ, you know when you surrender your life to Christ, your life will have to be radically changed. And, and for me, uh, the most difficult part of that was to finally understand that God was not only transcendent, He was not only wholly other, but He was imminent. And when the Gospel of John speaks, it spoke so strongly in my heart uh, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Word was spoken of as God in chapter 1 and verse 1. And God dwelt among us and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And now I had to radically transform my mind, as Romans 12 said, uh, and, and that God had to do this because in my natural mind I wouldn't have done it. That God is not only with me, He's in me, and the Holy Spirit dwells in me. And so it was now more than 20 years ago, uh, during a revival service in a rural Baptist church out in the middle of nowhere with no more than 50, 60 people there, that this Muslim came to faith in Jesus Christ. When, when I became a Christian, my whole life changed in terms of what made sense to me, but also what was most important to me. Uh, for example, I never wanted to miss a church service. Uh, I, I didn't understand exactly why theologically. It made sense later when, you know, in the First John, he says that uh, you will love those who are begotten of him. And I wanted to be among the saints of God, the fellowship. Uh, my mind changed radically in terms of uh, my family. Uh, almost immediately after I was saved, there became inside of me a willing up of, of uh, a care for my father's soul and my grandmother's and my mother's, all of whom were lost. And Sunday after Sunday, I would come forward to the church and pray at the altar that God would touch their heart as he had touched my heart. And that God would save them as he saved me. And, and one of the most precious verses that came to be in my life is 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so I knew God loved my father. I know today God loves every single Muslim on the face of this earth, and he died equally for them as he did for me. All I needed in life was Christ. And though I could not, uh, I could not explain it whole, wholly together with everything, it made sense to me. And there was a calm and a peace and a burden for those that still are my kinsmen in the flesh. In Islam, Jesus is mentioned in the Quran 27 times. 23 of those times, he is known as Ibn Miriam, or the son of Mary. He is merely human. Chapter 5 and verse 75 of the Quran says that he is a mere messenger. Uh, chapter 19 of the Quran says that uh, to say that he is the son of God or deity is a thing most blasphemous. Uh, but in so many Islamic households, in so many Muslim households, you don't speak of Jesus. You, you just don't. Uh, Muhammad is the highest prophet. 
and you may glance over Jesus like you glance over any other of the prophets, even any other of the major prophets, but they're merely human. Muhammad was the final prophet. He is the culmination. So when I was looking into Jesus, I had to ask certain questions, uh, not merely of his character, but of his work. Did Jesus die on the cross or not? Is one of the questions that really will solidify in someone's heart of whether what the Bible says is true, what the Quran says is true. And those answers, though, they can be answered as well extra-biblically. That is, uh, you, can, you can read Roman sources, uh, you can read Suetonius and, and, and plenty of the younger and so forth, and recognize that history demonstrates that Jesus Christ died on the cross. Ultimately, the answer must come from what the trusted source of the Bible or whether you trust the source of the Quran. Here I looked into the four Gospels. I studied uh, as best I could the crucifixion. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the crucifixion was a fact in history. I had to come to that point in order to accept Christ. But that first came by faith. Uh, I accepted Christ on his merits uh, before deeply investigating afterwards. And upon further investigation, after my salvation, there's no question. You know, there, there is a point where we have to understand that the Bible makes sense to those who are supernaturally endowed by the Almighty, by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, to understand it. We also have to understand that the Scripture is reasonable. And so when you look into it, the question I asked was, is this Bible confluent? Is it harmonious? Is it such that the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark and Luke and John all make sense, come together, and there are no contradictions? My answer to that was a profound and absolute yes. The Bible is either absolute or it's obsolete. It is either the Word of God or it is the mere words of men. The Muslim must also come to this point with the Quran. Chapter 15 of the Quran in verse 9 says that the Quran will be guarded from corruption, literally. But it's an interesting thing that Muhammad himself even admitted that he changed verses in the Quran. Uh, the Hadith itself admits it that, that Muhammad edits a very verse of the Quran. Now that is dumbfounding because Muhammad understood that his revelation literally came from Allah, dictated to him through the angel Gabriel and to him. If that's the case, he cannot edit anything. And yet he did. You want to look into the scripture, I found no fault, no mistake. And the more I read it, the more I saw of what it actually was. Uh, as a Muslim, uh, we, we heard of the scripture, we knew that in parts we can speak to it and look into it, but it was a corrupted source. The Jews had corrupted the Old Testament, the apostles had corrupted the New Testament. And that's why Muhammad had to come. But that's one of the questions I ask uh, a Muslim when I speak to him. If, if Allah inspired the first five books of the Old Testament, as well as the Psalms of David, and it was corrupted by the Jews, and Allah inspired the Angel, the Gospel, and it was corrupted by the Apostles, how can I ever trust that Allah came a third time, and this time guarded it from corruption? Was it His cause to somehow corrupt it? Or was He not powerful enough to guard it the first two times? And so it literally came to the doctrine of revelation, and when you open up the Word, you realize what it says is true, that it is the words of life. But for those who are hungry, it fills you. For those who are thirsty, it meets your need. And it was that point that literally gave me the understanding that Jesus Christ is the Son of God.
When I was uh, thinking about being a Christian, you know, the, the, the imperative to Muslims, as myself, was the five pillars of Islam. And as a Christian now, I recognize of how much more uh, devout Christian Christianity asks us to be than even Islam. And that may be surprising to many Muslims because when Muslims look at the Christian community, they don't seem to pray, uh, the Christians that is, as much as Muslims. They don't seem uh, to be as devout. Their, their lives don't seem to be as consumed. Uh, but when you look at the five pillars of Islam, you compare them with Christianity, you realize that there's an essential point to be made. Uh, when you look into prayer, for example, a Muslim prays five times daily if he's devout. But when you look into the scripture, it says to pray without ceasing. Uh, when you see tithing, it's supposed to be two and a half percent to the poor and the needy, yet in scripture it begins at 10%. Uh, when you compare and contrast the pillars of Islam, you realize Islam is devoutly ritualistic. But I, I say Christianity is not even a religion. A religion is something that tries to get to God. But Christianity is the exact opposite. It is God getting to man. Because God, knowing that we could not get to Him, He came to us. And the number one consideration that a Muslim must understand is Christianity gives you an intimacy and a relationship with God Almighty. Something I didn't think was possible as a Muslim. I, I would have never thought that I could call God Father because that, that would have been such a, a heinous sin to do so. Yet now I call God my Father. And it's not because I want to do so, but He asks me to do so. The scripture says that He is my Father and even my friend. As a Muslim, that would not even wrap around my mindset because God is so wholly other, He can't be with me. He would be too, I would be too dirty to be touched by Him. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ in His incarnation demonstrated that He walked among us to have that intimate relationship. And Muslims should ask themselves, when they pray to God, do they ever hear back from Him? Do they ever recognize they have a relationship with God, or is it merely a lifestyle of ritual and regulation, rules, things they have to uphold to, to someday hope that God will love them? Uh, the, the difference between Christianity and Islam is in chapter 2 of the Quran, it says, Allah loves those who do righteous deeds. In the scripture it says that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Islam there is a, is a conditional love. It is based on what you do. In Christianity there's an unconditional love. Because it's based on what he's done. In Christianity God loves you in spite of your sin. And God loves you enough to forgive you of your sin. And to wash you as white as snow. In Islam... That conditional love, it culminates at the judgment. Chapter 23 of the Quran says that, uh, that you'll be uh, standing before God and, and that you'll be weighing the good from the bad. And hopefully the good will outweigh the bad, but that won't get you into heaven either unless, as chapter 14 and verse 4 of the Quran says, uh, that Allah wants you. Literally says Allah leads astray whomever He pleases. It's ultimately in the hands of Almighty to let you in or not and one of the considerations is if you're good enough and you can never know you can never know until it's too late you can only hope and you can only hope but consider this one fact because Islam I believe is the most works based faith in the world there is less hope in Islam than there is in any other religion it is more natural it makes more 
logical sense, but there is less hope. For example, more than two million Muslims go to Mecca each year for the Hajj. Uh, they strenuously and devoutly circle uh, the Kaaba and perform the rituals of going to Muhammad's last sermon site and doing those things that are required of them. But if only two million Muslims go and the average age of a Muslim is 70 years old, then only 140 million Muslims, at most, would ever go to the Hajj. And if you don't go to the Hajj, there's no hope for you to go to heaven. If you're capable of going to pilgrimage and you do not, and you choose not to, there's no hope for you. But in Christianity, it's not based on what you do. It can't be. Because the Bible says that even our good works are like filthy rags. Uh, there's no way your good works can wipe away your sinful activities. Uh, if that were possible, it would be the equivalency of a murderer who stands before a judge in court and requires that the judge release him and set him free without any punishment. And the judge would ask, why? Why would you do such a thing? And, and the man says, well, I've been a good father and I've been a good employer and I've been a good husband. And therefore, those good deeds outweigh my murderous activity and I should be set free. But that's what we would be asking God to do if we said, my good can outweigh the bad. That's why we can't go to heaven by our good works, but we can only go to heaven because of what Jesus Christ said on the cross. It is finished. That He has done everything that is required to appease the wrath of God. And He hasn't placed it on us because we could have never taken it. He's put it on Himself. And that's why He's the Son of God. He is the sinless one. And He is the Savior of the world. In Islam, I did not believe I was born sinful. I did not believe I needed a Savior. And then I realized that I, I was a dastardly sinner. And I needed Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And it is at that point that you realize that when you place your faith in Lord Jesus Christ, you could be absolutely sure you're going to heaven. And it's not arrogant. I know many Muslims have told me that's, a, that's a, such an arrogant thing to say, but it is not. Because I'm not bragging on myself. It's not about me. I am confident that what Jesus did and dying for my sins on the cross and He taking my place and then claiming the victory over death through the resurrection three days later that I trust His words that I will go to heaven because of His finished work. Muslims must understand that it is only when you come to an end of self that you can have eternal security. When I surrendered my life to Christ I told Christ whatever He wanted of me I will give him. Though I have failed at times, that's my life. And, and though you may have to give up some things or many things, and though it may be sacrificial, there's nothing as sweet and beautiful as uh, having the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And you realize that, uh, even in the journey, that he carries you through valleys in your life of difficulty, and he gives you insurmountable joy uh, that you desperately need in life. Our entire family was raised Muslim, and um, whereas I had friends that went to church, uh, you know, on the weekend or on Sundays, every weekend we used to go to the Islamic school, Islamic Sunday school, uh, and the mosque at that time. And um, we learned how to say our prayers five times a day in Arabic. We uh, were taught uh, by the instructors how to obey our parents and uh, try to do what was right and, you know, not do what was wrong. Uh, sometimes they would... Uh, 
each week record how many of the 35 prayers we did. So it was interesting. Uh, we would pray our prayers, sometimes at high speeds, just to get those points. And uh, I remember that from an early age. Sometimes it was just racing through the prayers in a fairly quick manner. Uh, salawat, as, as, as prayers are called in Arabic for Muslims, uh, to get to up to 35 prayers a week because Muslims pray five times a day, seven days a week. And uh, our goal was to get 35, 35 prayers. We continued going to uh, being a part of the mosque. Uh, for, for many years up until the time I became a teenager and um, I always maintained a belief in God. I always maintained uh, you know, a belief that uh, there was an eternal power. Uh, this was the God, Allah, as we uh, call it in Islam and I always held uh, a measure to the roots that I was brought up in. Uh, things changed for me uh, when I was about 18 years old, I graduated from high school. I went to college and I just started to wake up to, okay, well here I am, a young man now. What should I do with my life? What should I study? What kind of work should I take up? And uh, in that process, I started searching a bit more. I started delving into uh, studying history, philosophy, different religions, politics. I got interested, like many young people do, uh, in all those things. And uh, it just so happened, um, as I look back on it through the providence of God, I happened to get a hold of a Bible. Now here I was, a young man who was raised a Muslim, who's been taught from a young age that Islam is, is the true religion and grew up praying Muslim prayers and uh, was educated. Any religious education I had came from Muslims. Uh, now starting to consider uh, the Bible and even other religions. And there were times when I thought, well, no, maybe the way of the Muslims is the right way. And uh, then I started thinking, you know, the Christians, they say they have the right way and Jews, they think they have it. And, and maybe nobody has the, the right way. Maybe nobody has uh, the truth. I continued to read the Bible and I can say one interesting thing. As I was reading the Bible, I continued to remember a prayer that Muslims always pray and uh, say over and over again in their daily prayers from Surah Fatiha which says, Ahdana Sarat al Mustaqeen, Sarat al Ladina and Amta Alayhim Ghayr al Magdubi Alayhim Waladalin. This Muslim prays many, many times in a day. And Ahdana Sarat al Mustaqeen means show us the straight way. Uh, it's a prayer that Muslims pray and sometimes we would pray these prayers without thinking about it. We might have been thinking about what was for dinner. We might have been thinking about if there was a game uh, to be played or to be watched. Uh, but in this time in my life, when I was searching for the way to God, I was searching for the truth, I continued even in reading the Bible to pray this prayer, Ahdana Sarat al-Mustaqeem. God, Allah, show me the straight way. And as I continued to read the Bible, I started to learn something uh, that I never knew before. And that was, I began to discover Jesus Christ as he's revealed in the Bible. You know, the Islamic religion taught me, uh, do this, do good, don't do bad, how to live your life. Other religions, even that I was starting to look in, had systems of laws and rules and do's and don'ts. But at that same time, I was waking up to the fact that, um, well, for example, I, was, I had gone to university and I was playing on the soccer team. And I noticed that, you know, 
Every person on the team wanted to be the person that scored the goal. You know, there was self-centeredness, and it was in me. Uh, my fellow classmates—they came from all other different parts of, of the country, and even some from around the world—and everyone was concerned about. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to make that money. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be successful. And I said, you know, what is this?、Uh, everyone is so self-centered, but I saw it in myself too. And I began to despair because I saw my self-centeredness,、um, a sinfulness, as, as, as we would call it in, in, you know, in religious terms or in Christian terms, and I couldn't escape it. And every religion, including Islam, which was the one I was raised in and knew most about. Gave a way or a system of beliefs of how to do right and not do wrong, but it was only Jesus, as described in the Bible, that said, "I can give you a new heart." And I read in John chapter eight where it says, "If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed." So it took me a period of several months of reading, of studying the Bible. Comparing it with、uh, the Islamic beliefs I had, and continuing to pray this prayer, Ahdena Sirat al Mustaqim, and God was revealing to me the the way. You know,、uh, Muslims we always pray Ahdena Sirat al Mustaqim, show us the straight way. And Jesus Himself in the Injil in the Gospel says, "I am the way." And God was slowly revealing to me that this Jesus is the one. They can save you from your self-centeredness, from your sinfulness, and I,、uh, I said, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you. More and more, my heart felt warmed because I knew that I was self-centered, I was a sinful person, and only Jesus Christ is saying, I can save you, I can give you a new heart, and、uh, that was something I had never heard before. Well, my whole life has been changed.、Uh, you know, in the begin, at the time that I was wrestling with those decisions, I thought to myself, maybe I should go in politics because the world is a miserable place. Even a young man can can understand that, and maybe I could help change this world. And I'll do what I want to do and what I think I need to do. But when Jesus Christ became the Lord of my life, now my prayer is, Lord. What do you want me to do? How can I serve you, Lord? And I consider it a privilege and a blessing, because、um, you know, in our Islamic religion,、uh, much of what we do is、uh, is dictated to us、uh, when to pray, how to pray, how to wash, how to do your wudu,、uh, how to obtain the barakat, the blessing,、uh, by you know, by fasting, by giving, by alms, zakat, salawat, the whole system.、Uh, But in 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 the Injil, in 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 our Christian faith, Jesus Christ is able to direct us through His Word, and we are not slaves, but we're free people who can choose to serve Him of our own free will. Yes, we do have、uh, rules, we do have standards, we do have、uh, instruction from the Word of God. But it's not a doing it out of fear that if I don't succeed. In this practice, I will have guilt, I will have shame, I will have sins.、Uh, it's a sense of freedom. It's a sense of wonderful happiness to be a Christian. It's a sense of liberation, and、uh, I always am so thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ that He saved me, that He called me,、uh, and that He took me to be His disciple.
The Bible was the key in my conversion. I believe if Muslims would read the Bible, many of them uh, would become Christians. Even though many Muslims, we know and were taught that the Bible, according to the Islamic thinking, is not the real word of God. But many Muslims in reading it will understand that this is a piercing, true word of God. I'm praying for Muslim people, um, you know, people that are, that are Muslims, uh, that were Muslims that have become Christians, have a tremendous empathy for Muslims. And um, I'm praying for Muslims to begin to seek God and to have the courage to consider uh, what they must do. Uh, for Muslims, many times, we, we hide behind the excuse of, well, I was born a Muslim, I was raised a Muslim, I can't leave the Islamic religion, so I have an excuse. But I believe on the Day of Judgment, that excuse will not be satisfactory. People will stand before God on the Day of Judgment, and we are no, we're sinners standing before a holy God. We have no atonement, no qurban uh, in our Islamic religion, but we have in the Injil, Jesus Christ uh, dying for us. So I'm praying that Muslims will take the courage, uh, take up the courage to uh, even risk their reputation, their livelihood, their family, uh, whatever it may be to gain Jesus Christ. And uh, it's, a big, it's a big cost, it's a big cross, but um, many, many, many Muslims are now having the availability to hear about the true Christian gospel and many are in fact responding to it and I thank God for those brothers and sisters and I pray for our other Muslims, uh, friends, family, uh, loved ones that they too will hear this glorious message of Jesus Christ and respond to it and uh, that they would discover the grace of God. It's not a salvation that we earn by our own good works or strive to by our own uh, dealings, but it's a grace that God has given us through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life.